Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tech While You Trek. I am your host, Adam, and today we're here to talk about experience, strategy, and design with Raj Duran and Ariel Hammer. Hi, y'all. How you doing? Hey. So please introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about yourselves, how long you've been with the firm, and what your roles are. So my name is Raj Duran, as you mentioned. I'm a director within the Experience Center team. I've been with the firm for about 10 years now, helping clients understand their customers and their users, and in particular, helping them basically design and deliver transformative experiences. I'm Arielle Hammer. I've been with the firm for about two years, and I come from a creative agency and advertising background, and I represent the Experience Center in the creative and branding realm. So what is the Experience Center, and more specifically, what kind of work do you all do? So the Experience Center, we like to say, is the best of agency and consultancy. We have artists and visual designers, but then we have the rigor of consulting and experience strategy. And the type of work that we do is really helping our clients to understand their customer, employee, and user needs and delivering transformative experiences that meet those needs. We totally bring BXT to life, which is business experience and technology, and my group particularly focuses on the experience. So that can be brought to life through communicating with who the end user is and making sure that their needs are met on every level and that we're really thinking through the eyes of the user and thinking through the feelings and the emotions of the user. So how do you apply experience, strategy, and design to client problems? If you think about any particular client problem, there's always some kind of human element or human interaction that takes place. And that particular moment is an opportunity to improve the experience. So, you know, as an example, we might talk about a large system transformation for a back office function within a bank. There's users to that particular system. I think banking is a great example. You know, we're having declines in people coming into the actual ATM or bank storefronts, I guess. Yeah, branches. Thank you. So how could we modernize? How could we help our user? And the answer seems simple and obvious now, but, you know, 10 years ago to say, hey, bank, you should make an app where somebody can access their money on their phone. That obviously took a really long time for that organization to embrace. That's just like a really straightforward example of creating another opportunity. One thing I'll say about the Experience Center as well is we don't necessarily only focus within digital or only focus on physical channels. In fact, we can do both. The users can be anything from customers to employees to end users. There's many different types of customers, quote unquote. So again, looking at where those interaction points are and applying that empathy lens is critical to what we do. We do create B2B as well as B2C. Sometimes a company can come to us and say, we have 200,000 employees, and every day we want to make sure that they are working as efficiently as possible, but no one's using our intranet. Or literally, they're tracking inventory through paper right now, and we can come in and say, hey, these are some ways that you can evolve to the digital landscape, the digital world, and implement that and create all of the employee experiences. And then on the other side, we do also do direct-to-consumer, which would be, you could take, for example, a bank brand or a grocery store or a big retailer and want to communicate and interact directly with the customers in an e-commerce situation. So talk to me then about the types of research methods you use as you are approaching those touch points and what the purposes are of each. 
typically we break down customer research into two major buckets. So you can either have qualitative research or quantitative research. Let's go with the example that we were just going with, which was the retail example. We might actually look at the end customer. From a qualitative perspective, there's a few different techniques that we can do. So we might do ethnography, which is actually going into the store and viewing the customer in their wild habitat. It's viewing the customer in their element and understanding how are they interacting with the store, how they're interacting with the product, how they're interacting with the checkout process. From a quantitative perspective, which is the other type of research method, we might look to do things like surveys. The purpose of doing a survey is almost to put some boundaries and some magnitude around some of these other insights that we found on the qualitative side. So we might hear from a particular customer that going into a store is quite painful at the checkout process, but it might be a very isolated situation the survey and the quantitative research that we do might actually indicate, hey, there's actually 90% of customers that are experiencing this pain at this particular point. We do actually continue to do research to make sure that we're testing and learning throughout the entire process. So if the ask is to make sure that customers feel like something is easier, simpler, faster, we'll make sure to put prototypes in front of them so they can try it see how it works, and then make changes and iterate as we go. So the research process isn't just in the upfront and the strategy. It really is something that we continue and practice throughout the entire process. Talk to me about what a journey map is, what personas are, and how they help improve the overall experience. A journey map is basically a visual representation of the end-to-end customer experience. So it includes the touch points that you might have with an organization and then put them into one view. That's basically what a journey map is. But typically what we do with those journey maps is layer on insight on top of that. So some of those qualitative and quantitative methods that I mentioned before, we take an empathy perspective and understand, well, what's actually happening at each of those touch points? Is the customer having a good experience, a bad experience? Are they trying to achieve something? What's their needs and goals at those various points? And you can start to build a picture quite quickly on a page of the full journey or the relationship that a customer goes through end-to-end and how they're feeling at various points. So personas are the character portrait of each user. If a persona is the character in a story, the user journey is the timeline and the story structure, the beginning, middle, and end. So we use real users to paint a portrait. We'll say their name, their age, maybe a little background story to help really get everybody into the eyes of that persona when designing. And then when we're going through the actual timeline or user journey, we'll think of every interaction up to a very minute detail. Client example, let's talk about an insurance company. As a buyer of insurance, you might be a novice or you might be an expert. At the same time, you could be in a hurry, so quite urgent, or you could have plenty of time. Across those two axes, the way that you design the experience, let's say when you go onto the website and actually try and buy insurance, is very different depending on which quadrant of that group that I just mentioned would be. So what design assets might you deliver as part of a project to clients in order to improve the experience? Our solutions take a range of forms, but usually I'd say our digital solutions are our specialty. So we can do a transformation in the back end, which could look like more of an internet or an app. A website would be a great example of something that would bring a solution to life. Our deliverables aren't necessarily always finished products per se. It could be mood boards, it could be prototypes, it could be sketches. It's not always the final deliverable. So you guys have talked about types of examples. I'm going to ask you to get specific and provide some experiences you have about when strategy and design delivered value to a client. 
I'll go back to that insurance client that I was mentioning before. So I did a global study with a number of their different customers. And so some really interesting insights that came through. One of them was people actually only interact with an insurance company or predominantly interact with an insurance company when there's a major life event. You know, you might have a baby or start a new family. You might buy a new car or a house. These are sort of trigger moments, big moments in your life that you take a step back and say, I actually need to buy insurance because of something that's happened. As opposed to going to a website saying, hey, I need an insurance product and immediately knowing exactly what you want. And so that became the focus point for the way that we actually built the website and designed that website. So session duration, which is basically the time that a customer actually spends on a website, went down, which is a good thing because they're not searching and digging through mountains of information to find what they need to do. The number of people that were actually looking for a product signed up for a quote and completed that quote went up as well by about 40%, so fairly significant. And obviously that translates to dollars at the end of the day. Is it the kind of thing where you will put out a beta for clients to use and then you will learn on the fly whether or not that works? Or have you done the testing and stuff beforehand so that that beta that goes in is what you think is going to be the final version? We do both. It really depends on the need. For this particular project, we did do user testing before launch, so we were pretty clear on what was going to work and what wasn't going to work. But on smaller startup feeling projects that are a little more rough around the edges, we'll even use user groups as small as just our friends and family to get things rolling before we take it to a bigger scale. So what are your favorite light bulb stories? Tell us about the time that a client may not have been 100% comfortable with the whole BXT process and then they go through the process and the light bulb goes off and they realize how valuable the process actually is. So this was a non-for-profit organization. They had determined that there was a huge funding gap. So this company provides wishes. They had too many wishes to fulfill and not enough people donating. But the organization saw this not necessarily as an experience opportunity or an experience problem, but more as a business problem. They were looking at it like, hey, how do we cut costs? And we helped them basically reframe that conversation and that opportunity. And we found that one of the key points was that people wanted a direct connection to the end recipient of that wish. It's not just about giving money. There is actually an emotional connection that people want to have with that person. And so through a number of design sessions that we held with the client, we quickly prototyped a solution that enabled that sort of connection. This ultimately became a great story of shifting the narrative from what was a business problem to actually an experience opportunity. All right, so are you all ready for the final questions that we ask all of our guests? Let's do it. I all right, so. now, what is your one bold prediction for technology in the year 2040? I think by the year 2040, interfaces are going to be so narrow that it's basically direct to the brain. So there has been research done. They just started to develop technology for the first non-invasive brain-to-computer interface. So we're going to start communicating with computers and with interfaces directly with our brain. There won't even be a need for a gesture or a touch. I think as time goes on, the average consumer is becoming increasingly more aware of not just connecting to the internet, but where does my internet come from? Right. Where is my connection coming from? How am I using this connection? Is this connection hurting me? Why is 5G killing birds? So I think that slowly but surely, the user awareness and the user sophistication is going to increase. And therefore, when people do interact with technology, whether it's literally direct to brain, like Raj mentioned, or through phones still or through screens, I think that it's 
it's going to just be extremely more considered, simplified, and streamlined, and very specific. What is your favorite source for new technology information? So I got a few different sources. Feedly, it's like a news aggregator. And funnily enough, one of the big ones for me is actually the New York subway. So funnily, <laughs> you, know, you know what's really funny about that is every time I take that thing to work, there's always a new startup on there. And I'm like, oh, what's the new thing that's around the corner? Listen, I'm telling you, it's the last bastion of Wild West advertising. Like, <laughs> it's the only wild advertising left in the world. You're exactly. literally yeah, a captive audience. It's absolutely. So you're getting yeah, impressions yeah. for right. certain. Yep, yep. In your estimation, what makes someone a leader in the digital age? It's very tough to predict what's going to happen in the future from a technology perspective. So the highest quality attribute that a digital leader has in this day and age is agility. Yeah, I'd say flexibility is strength. So I think that the more comfortable everyone becomes with constant change, the stronger we are and the more you're able to communicate that to your teams and embrace change and learn, the stronger you are. So if folks are interested in finding out more about experience, strategy, and design, how can they do that? We have a number of experience centers across the U.S. and across the globe as well. We run tours for clients. We run tours for the various people in the sector and to take us through our space and talk about how we work and how we can deliver X solutions to our clients. Go online, PwC's Experience Center. There's a ton of different write-ups about what we do. And then check out the PwC digital site as well. You can check out case studies, go to the BXT site, check out the tool sets that we have to offer. Raj Duran, Ariel Hammer, thank you so much for stopping by today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. This has been another episode of Tech While You Trek. I have been your host, Adam, and we will talk to you next time. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.